Hello everyone. I know it's been a while. I have not been able to record an episode in a few weeks now, but it's all for good reasons. A lot has happened in my life and I'm very excited to share with you. First of all, my upper respiratory infection that took five weeks to go away has finally subsided for good. Just felt like um, adding that in as a caveat, but um, I got a job. So I am so, so, so excited. I start on Monday. It has been a long and winding road. And I just want to thank everybody out there who has been listening to these podcasts and reading my newsletter since the beginning of January. I started CMO Chief Mothering Officer after I got laid off. And it's always been something I've had in the back of my head, but didn't really have enough of a niche topic to really talk about at the time. I always had the title in my back pocket, right? But I decided once I got laid off, A, I needed a passion project, and B, I wanted to dabble in the podcasting arena. A lot of people have come up to me in the most recent years saying, after reading my book especially, saying, you know, Steph, every time we read what you write, it sounds like a one-to-one conversation. You should really start a podcast. And I had nothing really to speak about that wasn't super generalized and overarching in nature until CMO. So I really can thank my layoff for allowing me to bring this to life and allowing it to catapult in the fashion that it has. So thank you all who have been listening for the past four months. You are extremely appreciated. And just because I'm employed doesn't mean that this will be put to a stop. Um, It may be a little less frequent in nature, but um, that's because my job is my number one priority, as well as caring for my daughter. Obviously, that goes without saying. But um, Today, I really wanted to talk about and give everybody a very honest look at classifications. I feel personally throughout my entire life, uh, at least in America, maybe this is different from an international perspective, but mothers have been bucketed into two different lanes. You have the working mom and you have the stay-at-home mom. And when I got laid off in December of 2022... I went through an entire emotional, mental process of really trying to figure out who I was and, you know, what kind of stage of life was I in? I had never been laid off before. I, you know, I had never been laid off being a mother and it was just very, it was strange. It was ambiguous. It was, it was a very challenging time period to navigate for myself personally And when I really thought about it, I mean, I've, I've had this topic in mind for the past few months and I really only wanted to speak about it and come, you know, to the culmination of what I was thinking, you know, after I came out on the other side and I now am employed and I have a job that I'm starting next week. Um, it's really being a laid off mom or to, (laughs) To really make it into a fun acronym that will stand out, ALAM, for, you know, all intents and purposes. So I I felt that I fell into this LAM bucket because, and I'll get more into it as we go on in um, the episode as we discuss, but basically I was a working mom. I was suddenly laid off. I took some time to really process what I was going through. I had some personal events take place in my life that really caused my life to do another 180. And I lost my childcare. 
And I became essentially a stay-at-home mom. But I wasn't a stay-at-home mom because I was also feverishly applying to jobs. I was researching companies, messaging hiring managers, um, interviewing constantly. I I wasn't a true stay-at-home mom. I basically had the responsibilities and was a stay-at-home mom on paper, but there was this gray, murky undertone of what I was going through and what I had to balance in tandem while caring for my daughter. So that's really where this LOM classification was born in my sense. It really is a third bucket. And I felt like for those who have been there and can relate to this experience, because for me personally, if, if I did not experience being laid off as a mother, I would never be able to, to fully relate to what anyone else in this circumstance talked about. I could read what you were writing. I could listen to what you were saying. I could sympathize, but there's no way that I could fully empathize. And I'll dive into that. I felt a hell of a lot lonelier as a mom than I did as a working mom on maternity leave, healing from a C-section and figuring out motherhood for the first time. Because I feel like it's a walk of life that can be relatable, but not to the masses. It's really ambiguous by design. And I mean, for all those moms out there, you'll see on Instagram, LinkedIn, no matter where you go, there's like this resounding like battle cry, I feel that's, you're doing great, mama, which I feel like people say, obviously, to cheer other mothers on. But it to me, it came across at that point where like it fell, it fell on deaf ears for me. I was like, am I doing great? You know, I'm, first of all, I'm caught in the in-between where I'm looking out for, obviously, my daughter, my husband, my family by looking for my next step. And quite honestly, for myself, work is in my DNA. Being a professional, being a businesswoman, I mean, this is me. This is Stephanie. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. I was caught between going that route and pouring my energy into that, figuring out where I was going next you know, what company I wanted to work for, who I hoped would get back to me, because this has been an extremely difficult and challenging market, which is a whole other story. But, you know, I'm also somebody who was destined to be a mother. And, you know, could I give my daughter my full time and attention? You know, I, I wanted to cherish the, and treasure this extra time with her that I otherwise wouldn't have had. But, it was, it was difficult. Like at times I felt lost, grateful, hopeful, destroyed, guilty, simultaneously fearful. I mean, there were so many emotions that came with this. And I really felt that like being a lom was kind of struggle personified because, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, I always think three to five steps ahead in every facet of my life. I'm extremely type A if you don't know me personally. Um, And this was tough. It was tough to, you know, dedicate my attention to where it needed to be. And I really needed to bring my whole self to these two different areas simultaneously. And as we all know, that's impossible. And so from my honest perspective, there were, there were three things that really stuck out to me during this long stage of my life. Um, The first of which being my identity. Um, I got laid off December 8th. Um, you know, we were in the thick of Christmas time. It was, it's my favorite season. I love everything about Christmas, like everything under the sun, movies, decor, baking. Oh my God, everything. So for me, 
when it happened, you know, after talking with my husband, I decided to take weeks off and really enjoy the Christmas season, enjoy it with my baby and, you know, take some time to reevaluate things, think about, you know, what I didn't like previously, um, what I wanted to see in next steps, you know, kind of what, what lane I saw my future taking from a professional perspective. So, you know, that was all well and good. And I kind of, you know, shoved unemployment under the rug for, you know, lack of a better term for the time being. And I really enjoyed myself and it was great. But once the holiday hustle and bustle died down, grief set in. Now, I never realized how much I equate my, and I'm not talking title here, really like my professional purpose to my purpose of my whole self. Um, I'm very driven, I'm very motivated, very dedicated. You know, work has always been a large part of me. You know, ever since I was a, really a 19-year-old intern, this is something that's been a huge chunk of my life that I take such pride in that I, you know, I pour my heart, soul, and energy into. And all of a sudden, you know, that was something that didn't exist anymore. And it I'll look back on my life and it will be a complete blip on my radar, right? But when you're stuck in the moment and you can really think about it, you know, I, I stood around and I was like, wow, like, what is my life? What is going on? And it was bizarre to wake up in the morning and not really have a set schedule. And I mean, like a set schedule, like 8.30 to 5.30, I was on my computer with a one hour lunch type of deal. It was kind of like the world was my oyster. But in the sense, it wasn't because I put personal deadlines on myself, you know, to, to say like, Hey, you know, this X date is when I need to have a job again for, you know, X variety of reasons. Um, it was shocking. It was odd. And I would kind of equate it to the second cousin to the grief felt when you mourn the old life that you had prior to having children. And my dog is barking. So hold on one second. I take pride in organic podcasts, so I had to pause for one second, but now I'm back. Thanks for sticking around. Um, so other than that, uh, one other thing was that life doesn't stop. So almost one month to the day after I was laid off, my grandfather passed away. And it's something that grief is not linear. And this is the first person in my life that I've ever lost. I was just shy of 33 when he passed away. So yes, was I, am I ridiculously grateful that I had him as long as I did? Yes, but it doesn't make the hurt any easier. Um, for anyone that knows me, they know I put my grandparents on a pedestal. They are some of my most prized possessions in my life and living without my grandpa knowing that he was 20 minutes away was and still is extremely hard for me. So I look back now and January was a complete and utter blur. I really, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you what went on that month. I remember the wake and the funeral, but other than that, I mean, I, I really think that mentally I've just blocked it all out. I struggled with distracting myself. Um, some days I was like, I need to apply to jobs just to get my mind off of the, my personal hurt. And I struggled with that versus really giving my heart and mind the time I needed to heal. But at the same time, I felt like I was on a deadline. Like, you know, if, if I go a week or two, just chilling out and trying to, you know, cope with what the loss that was going on in my personal life, then who knows how far, far back that would delay the job search process, right? It was, 
it was really a terrible give and take. And I struggled with being an attentive and jovial mother. So not only had I ever experienced a personal loss before, I didn't have the time to just lay in bed and cry. You know, I needed to be there for my husband. I needed to be there for my daughter. I needed to pull myself together and keep going. And I'm a very emotional person. So that was tough for me. I mean, life was still moving at warp speed, even when I begged it to take a breather. And I know that this isn't something... I mean, this is an acute situation that was personal to me. Um, obviously, this doesn't really have anything to do in general with, you know, the LAM life. But it was just another extreme event that impacted me on top of something that was already very challenging in nature. One big factor is childcare. And now, I won't get into it now, but we know that the accessibility and affordability of childcare in America is just off the rails, ridiculous. But um, my husband and I had a full-time nanny for our daughter. Um, we kept her holidays, her hours during the holiday month because it was the holidays. It was hard. You know, I realized that how I was impacted could impact somebody else's life and their bills and finances. So it, it was hard for us to, to pull back in that sense. But, I mean, come January... And the loss of my grandpa I still wasn't working. We had to reduce her hours naturally. This just kind of shows the raw, real domino effect that can occur when you lose your job and you're down to one income. But um, eventually she wound up quitting on us and she needed full-time work. And I couldn't guarantee a hard, fast date as to when I would be employed again. So I filled the stay-at-home mom void. But I did not, as I mentioned before, I didn't fit the traditional profile, right? So for an hour and a half to two hours every morning, my daughter wakes up. We get her out of her crib around 7. I was researching companies. I was applying to jobs. I was reading so many different resources from professionals and career coaches who advised different strategies on LinkedIn and different strategies for your resume and formatting and notes that can be sent and it was just endless. <laughs> and while my daughter napped, I scheduled interviews. And sometimes, because obviously her nap schedule, A, it fluctuates, and B, I made myself completely available to hiring managers and you know recruiters that were available during their days. I juggled interviewing while she was awake, and I relied on my girl, Miss Rachel, <laughs> to get me through a half hour. And other times, you know, if I had a longer interview, my husband brought his laptop upstairs and we did really this circus-like juggling act so I could get important things accomplished. And I've loved the extra one-on-one -on -one time I've had with her, no doubt. I mean, I have been with her from, you know, 13 months to 17 months, full-time, more or less, for the most part. But, and the sad reality, and I think this is the hardest most difficult part of being a mom is that my mind was not a hundred percent with her a hundred percent of the time. There's no way I was constantly distracted. I was thinking about what was next. Are they going to get back to me? Um, when will my next interview be, you know, all these questions dancing around in my head. So where I did truly enjoy the time I had with her, I also felt guilty. Like I was, I have this time with her, but I'm not working and I'm not contributing to my family as I once was. I'm not filling up my own 
cup in the sense that, you know, I want to work, you know, and I, at this point in my job search, I wasn't, you know, I was either midway through the interview process or I hadn't, you know, I, I didn't know which end was up. So it was, it was very difficult for me. Like I said, I mean, ridiculously ambiguous. And I think that's a silent scar that I'm always going to wear while I should have and, and was for the most part, enjoying quality time with her. I was thinking about next steps, that next interview, that callback, that project review, refreshing my email, um, refreshing my LinkedIn. I was always multitasking and I'm usually, I'm a serial multitasker to begin with, but this was a different kind of multitasking where the pressure was on. Even though the pressure was off, nobody was pressuring me that I had to work by a certain amount of time or, but when, you know, especially when I found a company that I really wanted, it was like, it was all consuming, right? And the next and final piece is the unknown. I mean, it's natural for people to have a fear of the unknown. For me, I had these questions kind of dancing through my head on the daily. <clears throat> when will I start working again? Am I giving the best of myself to my daughter? Am I doing the right thing? When will my unemployment insurance kick in? When should I start looking for childcare? And it's just tough. You know, there were different points in my job search journey where I felt I found quote unquote the one. And this is the same mentality I had like when my husband and I were looking for a house in years past where Sometimes, you know, it falls through and I would feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to get a job. And, you know, it's tough to go through that because you just don't know which end is up. And I had so many people, I mean, especially my mother and my husband telling me, have patience and trust, have patience and trust. You know, what is meant for you is going to come to you. And sure, like I like living my life by that mentality as well. What's meant to be will be. But still, when you're in the thick of it, I mean, it is hard. It's hard even for the strongest person out there. It, it's just very difficult. But I would say, I mean, in terms of the unknown, a main concern was the quest for childcare. And it's extremely difficult. <laughs> this is something I will not miss. It was very difficult to interview for jobs while also placing ads for potential childcare having to interview people, but not being able to give them an exact start date. So either you could potentially lose somebody great that you loved because you didn't know when you were going to start working again, or they, you know, play that flex chance with flexibility. I mean, it was tough to balance two extremely important aspects of life, you know, finding my next role plus finding a reliable caregiver for our daughter simultaneously. Um, I don't envy anyone in the same position because it is, it's really a stretch in both directions. Um, and for somebody like me who's type A, really tough to have that patience and trust mentality when you're doing, you know, two major, major things at once. Uh, it's, it's tough to handle, but I am happy to share. And I know this is my longest podcast yet, but I had a lot to say this time. My fairy tale story, even though it was kind of a nightmare in a lot of senses, it does have a very happy ending. So like I mentioned, I signed an offer to join an exceptional company. And once I read the initial JD, I was intrigued by the role and I immediately wanted to learn more. But once I interviewed with the hiring manager, honestly, I was sold. I was, I've been very impressed with the company since day one, just from 
a variety of aspects. Um, and most importantly, I felt a sense of belonging. I felt like I could work there. I wanted to work there. It wasn't just a, another job I was applying to. It was actually some like somewhere I could foresee a career, somewhere that I knew I'd have impact, somewhere with people who I had met that had the same kind of cultural, organizational, stick-to-itiveness stick type backgrounds that I have that I felt I really gelled with. So I'm, like I said, I'm extremely happy to share this great news. And I can honestly say they were worth the wait. They really were. And praise God, my saint up above, my grandpa definitely helped us out in the childcare department because after struggles in that sense as well, you know, my husband and I were able to find somebody kind, reliable, caring, who can start on the date that we immediately need her. So I'm beyond thankful for that. The stars really aligned. In closing, I'm very grateful to exit this long phase of my life. And I am not naive enough to think that I won't be entering it again, possibly with more children on the plate. It was a long road where I felt stretched thin. Um, I felt like my walking checklist nature was pushed to capacity in a, in a sense. And being a mom is an extremely gray area. Like time is your friend and your enemy here. It's your friend in the sense that you're gaining this extra time back with your child or your children that you otherwise wouldn't have had. But it's also your enemy. Like for me, I had this mental countdown in my head the entire time that this is the date where I need to have a new job. And as I slowly crept near that date and I knew it wasn't going to happen, it just, it laid an, an immense more amount of pressure on me than already existed. So I wouldn't recommend giving yourself a deadline because things really are going to happen when they happen. And, you know, that's life. Things happen because they're meant to. And the thing that I recognized is life is not on Stephanie's timetable. It's not on any of our timetables, right? You know, there's nothing like this time of life, this phase of life. And like I said, those who have experienced the same thing can attest to its challenges from both a motherhood and parenthood in general. I mean, dads go through the same thing and um, professional perspectives. You know, you want more time with your kids, but you want the stability of what's next. You want your identity back. I wanted, you know, my life to go back to that perceived version of normal. And I didn't have any answers, concrete answers as to when that was going to happen. But I do say that I will wear my long badge with pride. And it's very easy because hindsight's 2020. But, you know, I'm thankful for this period in a sense because it's made me a stronger professional and it's definitely made me a stronger mother, a stronger wife, sister, daughter, friends, you name it. It has, it has tested me, but it's all for the greater good of who I am, my integrity, my character, my strength. So onward and upward, wish me luck. <laughs> I am pumped and I'll talk to you guys soon.